Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Wolfson, the host and founder of Web3 Deep Dive Podcast. Web3 Deep Dive Podcast focuses on real-world Web3 use cases to help you better understand how Web3 is being applied today and how it may be leveraged in the future. If this sounds interesting, I encourage you to subscribe, like, and share the content that you're seeing today to help spread the word about Web3. I'm so excited for today's episode with Sandy Carter. She is the COO of Unstoppable Domains. In this episode, we talk all about Web3 and digital identity. Let's get straight to it. Hi, Sandy. How's it going? It is going great. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks so much for joining me here on Web3 Deep Dive. And we are doing a remote podcast today, which is exciting. It's a little bit different. That's awesome. I love remote too, sometimes, not all the times, but it really showcases the value of some of this digital and virtual world, right? So could you tell us a little bit about your position and what Unstoppable Domains does? Yeah, I'd love to, uh, Rachel, and thank you again for having me on. So um, my role is uh, Chief Operating Officer at Unstoppable. Let me start first with what Unstoppable is. So Unstoppable Domains is a Web3 digital identity platform. And um, we believe that our mission, our goal, is to get a digital identity into the hands of everybody across the planet. And the reason we believe that is so important is that Digital identity for us is a human right. It's about ownership of your data and ownership of that digital identity. So for example, in Web2, when you go to log into a platform, you're gonna use your username and your password, which is your digital identity. But in reality, you don't own that because if something happened to the platform, your identity would go away. Also, the data that you gather while you're using that platform belongs to that company. So, for example, um, Facebook or Meta and Google sold our data for $100 billion, and that means they're monetizing our data. So if you think about now, let's go to Web3 digital identity or what Unstoppable delivers is a digital identity that you own. So you own it and you own the data, which means you decide who gets the data, when they get the data, how they get the data, how much data they get. All that is in your control. And that's really important, not only to us, but to the next generation who views that data privacy, who gets access to your data so highly. And so what can you do with that digital identity where you can use it to log into lots of different applications like a decentralized finance app or a metaverse or a game? Uh, you can use it to create a website or to transact with cryptocurrency. There are so many use cases and such value for it. All the while, all that data is coming to you and you get to monetize it. So that's why we're so excited about it. As the COO of Unstoppable, I get to work with um, totally amazing people across things like marketing and business development and sales, uh, communications, um, legal, brand protection, uh, affiliate. I mean, just amazing stuff happening really all across the go-to-market and operational areas, which I really love because I think that you can you know, once you find that product market fit, it's all about that go-to-market side of the equation. Could you give a basic use case, you know, just something very easy to understand in terms of digital identity and what unstoppable domains is allowing users to do with digital identity today? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll use, I'll start first, Rachel, with the very first use case that we had. And that, that was to use your domain, like sandy.nft, to transact or to buy something. Um, and so it's super simple. Instead of typing in your address, so a crypto wallet has a long set of characters and letters that's your address, instead of typing that in when you want to buy something, like a digital collectible, for example, now all you have to do is type in sandy.nft and you can purchase that item with crypto by using that digital identity, sandy.nft. Uh, Rachel, right now we do about 30 million of those API calls a week, 30 million a week. That's how much people are using their digital identity to translate it into uh, basically a wallet address. We also have other um, use cases that you can leverage that domain with as well that I think are, are really fabulous. One of those is being able to log into an application. Um, I don't know about you, but I actually have a safe that controls all of my user IDs and passwords. There's a lot of them. And so now I can log into about 600 different applications just by using sandy.nft. So it makes it easier for me to do that login, but in addition, all the data about me is saved by me. I get to control that. So another use case by saving that data is the way that you use the data. Um, so one example is, you know, I get a ticket and it is an NFT ticket. So it's stored in my digital identity. A lot of events now are saying, well, if you have already purchased a ticket and you can confirm that you purchased it, your next ticket will give you a discount on that or a VIP seat or a super fan t-shirt kind of thing. So there are just so many use cases. Those are just kind of three off the top of my head right now. Got it. Now, when you say that a user actually owns their data with these domains, I guess, why is that the case? that you know, with sandy.nft, for instance, you actually own your data versus you know, um, a Web2 domain, I guess. How does that work? Yeah. So the interesting thing is for a um, Web3 domain, your data is typically stored on chain. And so that data now is not stored in a centralized location which typically is owned by a major platform, that data is stored on chain, it's transparent, it's immutable, so it's viewable by you, usable by you, because it's not stored in a centralized location. And so because of Web3, especially you know, digital identity is built on blockchain, that provides you that extra benefit of decentralization. Got it, okay, and then having that domain also allows you to keep track of all of your NFT tickets and everything else that's Web3 focused in one place. That's right, I think it's really, um, you know, really valuable to have things in multiple wallets or multiple viewing places stored so that you can get access to it. You know, today, if you think about it, it's things like, you know, tickets or, proof that you are climate concerned, or even things like certificates for education, right? Like I can prove that I took certain classes. 
Now, why is that important? Well, you know, if you look at LinkedIn, LinkedIn says that people who list, they went to Harvard on LinkedIn, who verifies that? Who credentials that? You can write really anything. In the Web3 world, you have a certificate and it's soul bound. And soul bound means that I can't transfer it. So I can't, you know, take a class, pass the class, get a certificate, and then transfer it to you so you can use it. It's owned by me. And it's verifiable by me. That's one of the real values, Rachel, that people like about it is that instead of branding yourself or your company with your words, you're branding yourself and banking your reputation on your actions, on what you did, what you earned, which I think is so incredibly important, especially in this day you know, where we see a lot of deep fakes and we hear about a lot of fake news, I think it's really important. People are searching for the truth. They want to know that what you say and what you do is verifiable. And I remember, Sandy, it was a month or so ago in Austin, we met up and you gave me a demo of what Unstoppable Domains, the interface looks like. And it's, it's very cool. Yeah. So, you know, I am a visual learner. So looking at a digital identity is so powerful. So this is an unstoppable profile, Rachel. And you can see right here, this is my digital identity, sandy.nft. I could have chosen Sandy Carter or chosen a different extension like sandy.x. But for me, this is my digital identity. It's linked here to a Ready Player Me avatar. Ready Player Me is the number one uh, company today creating avatars that you can use in over 7,000 metaverses. So when I log in with sandy.nft to a, a metaverse that uses Ready Player Me that's integrated with us, then that avatar gets pulled in. So I have consistency of my reputation visually as well. Um, in addition, here you see both of my wallets that I have connected. I have more wallets, but I just wanted to put two since this will go all over the world with your, with your session. Uh, but these are two wallets that I have connected in, which enables me to transact with Sandy.nft. I also have some off-chain or off-the-blockchain data. So here you can see I've attached social media like Reddit and Twitter. And why is that important? Well, if I log into a social media account that is a Web3 account, some of those will take advantage of, oh, Sandy's got 90,000 followers on Twitter. We'll go ahead and give her clout in Web3 because I choose to share that data. And then if you move over, you know, now you're kind of seeing something that looks like almost like a, a Web3 LinkedIn page because it has all my profile data. So here you see all of the assets that I have or collectibles that I have that are on chain. And I can filter those and show you only what I want to show you. So for example, this is my sustainability badge. This is from a company called Nori, and it verifies that I have bought a tree for every NFT that I own. So now I'm not just saying that I support the climate. You can actually verify that I support the climate through this particular badge. We had chatted earlier about tickets. So let me just show you. These are some of the tickets that I own. So for example, this is the coveted Gary V ticket. Um, that I got and now I could use that for a reward or here you can see Sonic Bloom That's a music festival. I have two NFT as tickets there If I get a third ticket, I get a VIP seat and a special t-shirt But I can also now use this for really interesting things too 
Um, for example, I could use this for education. So if I go in here, you can see that you know, some of these are for teaching classes, but these are classes I've actually taken. So now I can say, hey, I've taken this metaverse class. I've got a certificate from BitDegree. That's a soul-bound certificate. I can't transfer it to you, Rachel. It's my certificate, so I can prove that I took that class. There's so much power here in verifi verifiable information. And we've already seen that in California, the DMV is experimenting today by placing um, titles of cars as a digital ticket. Or today I was just working with a luxury brand that has their warranty. They've now made that an NFT that you can store inside your digital identity because people were always losing their warranty card. Now you can keep that with you at all times. Again, you can choose what you want to show here and what you don't want to show here. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's really incredible. And it makes me remember, I mean, I have a few NFTs and, you know, I guess I don't really, you know, some of them, them are in random wallets, but it's like, this is a great tool to just organize that and showcase your digital identity. Um, but my question is, so, well, I have a few questions. This is, you're showing us the desktop version. Um, is there an app as well that um, sh that also has all of this information in it? Yeah, you can go into, so if you want to check mine out, and this is data I choose to show, you can go to ud.me backslash sandy.nft. And then you can see all of this for yourself. It's all live and working code. You can do that on a desktop or an Android device or your Apple device as well. Okay. But do you guys, is, does Unstoppable Domains have like an actual app that people we, can download? Yeah, we also have an app that you can download as well. Uh, you can go to like an Apple store or an Android store and you can download um, the Unstoppable Domains app. My next question is, while this seems like a very useful tool for people like us and people in the Web3 space that have NFTs and that use Discord and that have different wallet addresses, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great tool. It's kind of like the LinkedIn, or I guess even more than LinkedIn, because it's just everything combined. But what about users that don't have NFTs or that don't use Web3 apps? Um, you know, is this going to be useful for them? Yes, because um, I'm, what I'm showing you here is basically how I'm branding myself in Web3. If you don't have NFTs yet, you can always use Sandy.NFT to transact. So I could use it to, you know, purchase something. I, I actually just did this in Vegas um, as an experiment. I told my husband I bought a blouse with Sandy.NFT. I don't have to display that. You know, it's not an NFT. It was a real in real life purchase. So I was able to do that because the wallet that I use resolved with what the store used as well. Um, in addition, I could use this for a website. So, you know, in the Web2 world, if I had you know, amazon.com, I can resolve that to a website. I can do the same thing with sandy.nft. I can have that resolved to a .com website or a decentralized website. So you could type in sandy.nft on Opera or Brave and go straight to my website. I can also use sandy.nft to log into different applications. So right now, one of the top games in Asia is called Snook. Um, and I can log in to Snook with Sandy.NFT 
And then the leaderboard of Snook would show Sandy.nft. So I could use that as my gaming tag, which is really popular, uh, and even just to log into an application. So there are lots of ways to use this without displaying your NFTs or your you know, collectibles. There are many, many use cases. We have over 860 integrations, so you can use it for email, for your taxes. I mean, it just goes on and on um, the ways that you can use that digital identity. Interesting for your taxes. I didn't know that. Yes, you can log in. In fact, it, what it does is uh, the application enables you as well. Now that the, you know, especially here in the United States, um, you can actually use it to track how you, how your crypto either went up in value or down in value. If you do have NFTs, it allows you to track the value of that NFT so that you're reporting that correctly on your, you know, U.S. income tax. I don't think it works today for international, but it does for the U.S. income tax. I'm curious as to how you got involved in the Web3 space. I've known you for for a few years now and, you know, yeah, just how have you got involved? How, you know, what was your journey into Web3? Well, you know, before I joined Unstoppable, I was at uh, Amazon Web Services. And I know all of you know Amazon. Amazon's a great company, a great training ground. I began there to build out our enterprise business. But for the last couple of years, I was looking at some of our regulated businesses like uh, healthcare and education and Department of Defense and financial services. And all of those Web2 style companies, Rachel, were using blockchain. And they were using it because of the security that it brings, because it's decentralized. Um, some hospitals, for instance, were using it for their supply chains because of the ledger functionality. And so it led me to really uh, take a deeper dive. Why were these companies leveraging and using blockchain? I became a huge blockchain, blockchain fan and really studied that, went down the rabbit hole on blockchain. At the same time, I noticed a lot of companies, education companies, and again, healthcare companies in that regulated space who were experimenting with AR and VR, augmented reality and virtual reality, using that to train people and educate people. And so then I went down the rabbit hole on the metaverse, uh, you know, seeing what this virtual world was like and what it could be used for that was better than doing things in person. So for example, I learned that your retention is about 40% higher when you learn something by doing it in the metaverse versus just hearing or having it be lectured. So because of that, I started doing a lot of side projects on chain and on Web3 and on the metaverse. Um, I had already done AI both at my, my last two companies. So um, kind of combining those together, doing a bunch of side projects. And then our CEO and founder um, called me up one day and invited me to dinner in Seattle, where I was living for Amazon, of course, and uh, took me to dinner and really explained his vision of the future, um, why he thought there was a gap in the market for digital identity, where he saw that going over the next five years. And I just got really excited um, about his vision and where Unstoppable was going, what the potential of it could be. And so that's really how I started down the rabbit hole. I took a lot of my side projects and my Web2 work in those technologies um, and moved that passion over to our Web3 company. Yeah, I find that fascinating that you came from, you know, AWS 
and now you're you know you're building out unstoppable domains which is completely web3 but i also liked what you said about these companies were all were using blockchain and they were interested in blockchain and i think that's a big element here that we should also touch on is the technology behind web3 and blockchain i mean sandy you know blockchain is powering would you say blockchain is powering a good portion of web3 oh yes um Web3, you know, was built on the premise of decentralization. So blockchain is behind, I would go to say, almost all of Web3 is powered by blockchain, one blockchain or another. You know, there's lots of chains out there today. Um, and I would say blockchain also powers a lot of Web2 companies as well. It, it has a lot of power in the technology because it's decentralized, because it's immutable, because it's programmable. Um, there are so many use cases that are made easier because you're using and leveraging uh, the chain. I know that NFTs also play a big role with unstoppable domains, but how big is that role? I mean, you know, you also mentioned use cases like taxes, for instance, and the gaming use case. But how important are NFTs when it comes to Web3 and what unstoppable domains is doing? So, you know, really, um, an unstoppable domain is like a super NFT. An NFT is really just a digital collectible. It stands for non-fungible token, which couldn't be any harder to understand. <laughs> um, but it's essentially a digital collectible. It just represents ownership in something in a digital way. Um, a NFT for unstoppable is your domain. And so it's like a super, a super set because it hosts and holds other data from other NFTs, other collectibles inside of it. So, you know, that whole concept of being, having something on chain enables that to be stored inside your digital identity. Um, so I think it's a very powerful concept if there is utility to the NFT Rachel, I think a lot of people got confused right up front where, you know, an NFT was just a picture. There was no utility to it. Without utility, I don't think it really holds a lot of value, uh, which is one reason why we focused on utility of our NFT. We wanted it to have value and to really be greater than the hype that's out there because we all know uh, we've been around a while. We know that the hype will eventually go away and what le what is left standing you know, is your value prop, is the utility that you bring to the table. So I love to say utility is greater than hype because I believe in the long run, those NFTs that provide utility will be the winners um, in the long-term game. Yeah, that's good to know because I was going to also ask you about, you know, how this, the NFT market today may impact what Unstoppable Domains is doing and just the use of NFTs in general. And it seems like that utility is so important. It doesn't really matter what the NFT market is doing today um, because it's not about financialization of NFTs anymore. It's about actual use cases. Yeah, and I think that's really driven home, driven home by the by one of our recent partners, which is MetaRides, which is a it is a car NFT. But if it was just a car NFT, really wouldn't be that interesting. But you can actually use the car NFT in a metaverse racing game that's coming out here in the next couple of weeks. 
because of that utility, you know, we did a partnership with MetaRides because now, you, you know, so many people love cars and they love racing. And so this enables them to do something with the NFT. It's not just there to look at it. It's there to actually play a game and compete with others and do a leaderboard. There's actual utility with it. And those are the types of partners that we look for. Partners who are equally as focused on that utility and that value not just focused on, uh, you know, a picture. Right. I remember seeing that press release about the metaverse racing game, which I want to ask you about, actually. So metaverse racing game, what is the difference between that and just a regular racing game? So the interesting thing is, you know, if you were in a Web 2 racing game, of course, you could still race. But because it's Web 3, you actually own your car. So um, you can use it across multiple metaverses, which is really cool. Um, on the inside, and I love this, Rachel, because I love music, there's a radio inside your car. So you can actually buy NFT music and play NFT music as you're racing down the track. So everything in that metaverse racing game you own, that, back to that ownership perspective. So I can keep it, I can sell it, I can trade it, it's interoperable. Um, all of those things which are not uh, true in a lot of Web 2 games today. Right, yeah, that's, those are all really good points that you make, is just that you actually own those in-game assets, which is extremely important, and I think that's the future of gaming for sure. But my question is, if somebody wanted to play this metaverse racing game with the car NFTs that you mentioned, how does that work? I mean, can they just play it as if they're playing a regular video game, I guess, or do they need some sort of a special software to do it? So there is an app that you'd have to download. It's not available right now. It's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, version one, you kind of race against yourself. So you enter the app and your car is present with you and you're racing against yourself. So you're timing yourself. Um, we are going to look at our leaderboard. So, you know, if I was, if I raced around the track in two minutes and you did it in one, you'd be ahead of me on the leaderboard. Um, version two will be, we'll actually be racing side by side. And so we can compete and, you know, think about strategies, maybe bump you off the road or you bump me off the road, you know, while we're racing. So I think it's pretty exciting. It's very unique. I, I don't personally know of another NFT racing game today that's built out. Um, and when this comes out, I think it'll be very powerful. People are buying their cars now for first rights to race, right? <laughs> uh, and race for pink slips, if you were, of the, of, the, of the NFT cars. So I think it should be quite interesting. And, and again, you know, it's fun, right? We're, this is an NFT that's for fun. You know, and then you have NFTs like what California is doing for a car title, which is for value or the warranty that we talked about. So you've really got a mixture in what's stored inside your digital identity. Some of these are for practical reasons. Some of them are for causes like sustainability. Some of them are just for fun. Like I can race with this, um, you know, with this NFT. I love the fact that they um, that it's so varied and there's so much that you can store in your digital identity. Um, and in fact, when we ask people, it's really surprising. Like we'll ask them, what, what do you want to stand for you as a digital identity? Um, and you know, sometimes it's really about the practicality elements. Sometimes it's, I want sports and I want cars. A lot of times it's, I want my causes represented, like that's who I am. So it's really quite personal what people want in their digital identity.
Definitely. Um, I'm also curious to know, so Unstoppable, you know, you mentioned the gaming use case with the cars, and then you also mentioned the California driving use case for their certificates. Um, and I don't know if you're working with the state of California on implementing that, but my question is how, you know, what is the sentiment when you're working with major companies or major entities trying to bring them into Web3? Um, I'm assuming, you know, the metaverse car racing game, you know, you know, I don't know if that was easy to to convince them or if they were always a metaverse or maybe they were a Web2 game to begin with. But has it been challenging to kind of work with Web2 brands and entities to bring them into the Web3 space? You know, I would say that the secret is to talk about the use case. I mean, you you actually started on this, right? You, you said, Sandy, what are the use cases? And so when you start with a use case and you show the power of using the technology to deliver the use case, I would say it's much easier than when you start out with, hey, I want to show you a great Web3 application. Uh, and so, you know, things that I feel are done better or leveled up with Web3 are things like loyalty because you can verify, you know, did I eat all my pancakes or did someone else, is someone else passing me their you know, handwritten passport where someone stamped it so I can go in and eat a pancake and then have the next person come in. Um, you know, those loyalty programs, I think, can be done much better. Um, some of the gaming, because gamers want to own their assets and they want to transfer them between games, that interoperability is so important. I think Web3 then yields itself better uh, as a technology behind that use case. Um, some of the co-creation items, I think, can be done better in Web3. So, Rachel, I really feel it's really about understanding what the Web2 company is looking to do, what is their real problem, and how can we help them solve that problem versus, let me talk to you about the metaverse, let me talk to you about NFTs, let me talk to you about digital identity. You really have to go in really understanding where that company is coming from. Um, sometimes you get lucky, like today I was with a CTO of a, of a major company who is Web3 savvy like, like nobody's business. And so, you know, he, he understood it and he wanted to implement Web3 because he knows that it levels up a couple of use cases. But that's rare uh, today. Typically, I'm spending a couple of meetings educating people on what is Web3, what is the metaverse, um, you know, that's really more of my mode. I almost feel like I'm the chief education officer a lot of times versus the COO of the company, which is fine. I love, I love educating and I love it when, Rachel, you're talking to somebody and then, you know, maybe after two or three calls, they get it and you can just see the lights come on in their eyes and they get it. Um, that, that's something really special. Yeah, well, that's why I'm happy you shared your screen to show that what you know what unstoppable domains looks like because i think visually people start to understand it better when they see what that actually looks like and of course the use cases are useful as well to discuss but um i think another another way that we can ensure mass adoption is we think about the problems that we're seeing today with web 2 and how web 3 can solve those problems so obviously a big part of that is just owning your data you mentioned in the beginning of the interview that, what was it, Facebook has sold user data for millions of dollars. And that's a problem because we're not benefiting at all. But with Web3, we can finally benefit 
And I think that once we, you know, realize that these problems can be solved through blockchain technology, NFTs and all of that, people will want to implement it, but there's still a major learning curve. Yeah, I think that education right now, you know, people often ask me, how do we get mass adoption? And I think there's really two critical elements. One is a use case where Web3 can do something better. But two is just education, general education overall, so that people understand the concepts and aren't afraid of it. Um, and that involves, you know, maybe simplifying language, like why did we come up with NFT? Like digital collectible would have been so much better, um, but we made this really complex language so that Web3 people could chat together, but then we left out the rest of the world. So I think some of those things, making it easier to join will really help us in some of that mass adoption. Right, I think, I think we should write a book together on the terminology of Web3 and Unstoppable Domains can share that because you, you know, Unstoppable has a huge user base and a ton of partnerships, but getting that out there to the Web2 audience would be so useful in terms of just getting them to understand what an NFT actually is. Yeah, you are right. And in fact, uh, Rachel, I did write a book. Uh, Wiley approached me to write a book about all these terminologies and I, I made it a business fable. They actually asked me to do that, to make it really simple to use and to leverage as well. So um, it does have all the terminology in it and everything. And I'm really hopeful that um, you know people will read it and it's really simple and easy to understand. Oh, has the book been released yet? I wasn't aware of this, that's awesome. It's, uh, it is being released, it's called The Tiger and the Rabbit and it will be released here in August. But I do have book two that's already signed as a contract, so maybe you can come and write that one with me. I would love that, actually. That would be awesome. And also, I wanted to ask you about women in the space and how we get more women involved. You know, you just said that, well, you know, I suggested we write a book together. We're both women in the industry. I've been in it since 2017. You've been in it for a while also. But how do we ensure that we can see more diversity and inclusion in the Web3 space? Yeah, I mean, this one I'm really passionate about. Just some numbers, Rachel. Um, there's only 8% of women in crypto, 11% uh, in Web3 in the metaverse, and 15% in AI. And if you think about that, that should cause everybody listening concern because that is the new internet. That is what we're designing. And with such few women in that diversity equation, I don't think we're gonna innovate as fast as we can. Um, you know, McKinsey and Deloitte have all done studies and shown that diverse teams innovate faster, they innovate bigger and bolder, and they come up with more ideas that are out of the box. And that means a diverse team. That's women and, you know, cu cultural diversity, gender diversity, you name it. It's really having that diversity. And so one of the things that we've done is I founded a group called Unstoppable Women of Web3. Um, and I founded that with the sole mission of educating more women on what is Web3, what is the metaverse, and we have now being asked for how those two work with uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, we've done big initiatives like training women in Africa, which we have a five-year focus on, training women in Latin America. We have education tracks on digital identity, on Web3, on the metaverse. Uh, we just this last year, um, and you'll love this, Rachel. So we uh, we added a track just for young girls. 
So we partnered up with a company called Miss O Cool Girls, and we have young girls like six, 10, 13, educating other girls um, on these whole concepts. So it was so cool. I was with a six-year-old girl, and she was describing to her four-year-old sister how to write a smart contract. I don't know about you, but at six, I was playing with dolls and in sandboxes. I wasn't writing a smart contract. These girls are incredible. And so we want more of those, right? Those for the next generation, as well as women today entering this space. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you know, you're an inspiration as well, just seeing you. And I've seen you speak at multiple events and you get up there and you're an inspiration for women and, you know, just showing that that people can enter this space no matter who you are. And I just love that initiative that Unstoppable is doing. And so I think that's wonderful. And yeah, of course, when I was four years old, I still don't know how to write a smart contract. When I was four, I was playing with Barbies. <laughs> so that's just an incredible example that you gave. Um, if, if young girls or women wanna be involved with that, how do they find out more information? So we have a website, it's uh, unstoppablewow3.com, or you can go to the decentralized version, unstoppablewow3.x, which you have to get to with an Opera Brave or a Chrome with an extension to. Um, on there, you'll click education and you'll see the different tracks of education that we have to offer. When you go through one of those tracks or streams, you will receive a um, digital certificate that will be soul bound. You have to take a test, pass a test, and then you get that certificate. So um, it's pretty easy. It's all free. We're trying to make it accessible to everyone. And because of that, we had, you know, six, seven companies donate education. And so they donated it so it could be free to everyone. Some of the education is in Spanish. Uh, we have some in French, and like I said, you have to check out the track with all these young girls teaching other young girls. It's pretty cool. I also wanted to ask you about the Polygon. Unstoppable has a partnership with Polygon. Is that correct? The uh, relationship is uh, is multifaceted, but most recently, the um, identity we released a dot Polygon. So you saw Sandy dot NFT, but I could now be Sandy dot Polygon. And the reason that they released a dot polygon is for that big focus on community. Uh, because you can message everybody who has a dot polygon, you can earn badges and have these sub-communities or sub-tribes. It really provides another way to engage with your audience, which is so valuable today from a company. And you know, Rachel, uh, Polygon is the master at building ecosystems and communities. And we were really honored that they chose us to be their naming service to create more of these communities around the world. We're gonna wrap things up here. Um, I just want to ask you if you had any final thoughts that you wanted to share that we may not have covered in the interview already. Um, one thought, you know, that, that I think is really interesting. I love quotes, uh, Rachel. I use a lot of quotes in, in, in my inspirational life. Um, and I get inspiration from quotes. So this one was really interesting to me. And it basically says that companies overestimate the impact of technology in the short term. And think about, you know, crypto, everybody wanted to be a millionaire. Web3, you know, NFTs were gonna, you know, move really fast and take over the world. Um, they overestimate the impact of that technology in the short term. 
but in the long term, they underestimate its value. And the winners in this world, using all of these new emerging technology, whether it's Web3 or AI or the metaverse, will be those who take that long-term view, right? I mean, look at you. You've been in this uh, space since 2017. Um, you're going to have that long-term impact. Your legacy will live on because you're focused on this for the long-term, not for the short-term gain, but for the long-term. And I think that these technologies are really going to alter the Internet and alter the way that we do business overall. So that would be the last thought. If you're thinking, should I get started? Should I not get started? Now is the perfect time to get started. Learning about these technologies, because this isn't going to be something that will last a year. This is going to be something, something that impacts the internet for a very long time. Right, yeah, those are powerful words, especially coming from you because you've been in the technology industry for so long. Um, yeah, I think that it's good to get ahead and to start learning about it now. And like you said, it's not too late to enter the space. We're just beginning. We're just getting started. So that's a wonderful way to end this interview. Um, I also want to ask you before we say goodbye, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, first, let me give you how to get in touch with Unstoppable. So Unstoppable has a website. It's unstoppabledomains.com. So if you're interested in getting started with a digital identity, that would be a great way. You can also follow us on Twitter. And on Twitter, we're Unstoppable Web. Uh, so it's a little bit different. So make sure you look at it for Unstoppable uh, Web on Twitter. Um, for me personally, I'd love to answer any questions or help you guys in any way I can. I'm on Twitter as Sandy underscore Carter or LinkedIn as Sandy Carter. Um, I post blogs and thoughts on a daily basis, and I'd love to interact with you guys and, um, you know, see what questions you have because I learn from your questions as well. Right. That's what I love about you, Sandy, is that you do interact with people, you know, you, you've always interacted with me and I just feel like you're bringing more people into the industry because people can approach you and that's also needed. So I want to encourage our listeners to definitely get in touch with you because you, you know, I believe that you will be in touch with them if they have questions. Yep, absolutely, Rachel. And thank you so much for uh, having me on and, you know, for being a great example for other women. You've been in the space for so long. Another one of my favorite quotes is, if you can see it, you can be it. And so you're inspirational because you're showing other women, here's what you can do in the space. It doesn't have to be coding. You're communicating. You're, you're sharing the power of this technology worldwide. So thank you for being such a great inspiration as well by letting others see how you are so successful in the space too. Cool. Well, that means a lot. So thank you, Sandy. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and yeah, we will see you guys next time. Thank you.